Welcome to Sense and Sustainability, your podcast channel for sustainable procurement. We hope you like what you hear. Please go to www.iso2400.org for more information and free resources such as articles, case studies, videos, a self-assessment against the standard and much, much more. So, hello everybody. I'm Sean McCarthy, Director of Action Sustainability in the UK, and I'm delighted to introduce our friend Josh Jacobs, uh, Director of WAP Sustainability from the US. And what we're going to be talking about today is the Sustainable Purchasing Leadership Council uh, event, the, the summit, I think they call it, um, and that's going to be taking place in the in the not too distant future, in August. We're both really looking forward to speaking at that summit. So we're recording a video today just to talk a little bit about what we're going to be talking about and, and how we see sustainable purchasing in the, in the United States. So, Josh, over to you. You're, you're going to be chairing yeah. the session, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, first off, it's, you know, I love that we're talking about what we're going to talk about when we talk about it. I think it's it's ideal for you and I, Sean especially to talk about what we're going to talk about. And it's always good to see you, sir, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in person here in the States. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, it has. It has. It has. And I believe I saw you last time I was in England. So that's it. We're kind of trading continents now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited about our session. I'm actually getting to chair a session with three of our governmental agencies here in the United States. The three main agencies that are working on sustainable procurement requirements out of the Inflation Reduction Act, which came out last summer here in the United States. It's actually a law that was passed, budgetary law, that gave billions upon billions of dollars for low carbon procurement out of the General Service Administration, which is the largest procurer on the planet, basically the US government, right? They manage all of our buildings and things of that nature. And the Federal Highway Administration I'll also be speaking with. And they've got billions of dollars to give to the DOTs throughout the United States to also procure low carbon material, structural type material and, and base material for highways and things of that nature. So structural steel, rebar, asphalt, cementitious material, concrete, glass uh, here and there and things of that nature. The thing is, they're having to follow rules and, and concepts that are set by the Environmental Protection Agency here in the US. So we're gonna have three representatives from all three of those agencies talking about what they've been able to do in a year, some of the problems we've had in a year, to be fair. I will talk about some problems with the law. They probably won't, but I certainly will be bringing up some issues I have with how the law was written. But overall, I, I, it's been wonderful. I mean, the amount of interest in environmental impact transparency in the United States has skyrocketed over the last three years and the Inflation Reduction Act and also the infrastructure, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act that came the year before it also played a little part in that as well. And individual states are now starting to get into it, individual municipalities. So while I'll be with the three agencies, I'm gonna kind of bring up some of the other things that are going around the country. So yeah, it, uh, really excited to get their take on these things and, and really talk about where we're going, where we've been and, and how we keep moving vastly forward. That's brilliant, Josh. And a lot of parallels of what's happening in the UK within the Supply Chain Sustainability School in the UK. We're running an event, face-to-face -face event in September. The first up panel session that we're having is about low carbon materials. And we've got representatives from uh, concrete manufacturer, steel manufacturer, glass manufacturer, and plasterboard. 
uh, you know, in the construction sector, those are the really big carbon emitting products. And the challenges involved in those products are, are immense because once you start to dig into it and start to look at a, a product like glass or cement, about 20% of the carbon emissions are from the chemical process. It's yeah. nothing to do with energy. So even if even if you could make glass with entirely renewable energy, you've still got a very significant amount of carbon emissions to deal with, uh, and the same with, with cement. And certainly one of the things that uh, the manufacturers have started to look at in the UK is carbon capture and storage. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've got where your cement works is, is and where your carbon capture and storage plant is going to be, yeah, in totally different places. <laughs> and, and that must be, you know, uh, amplified a hundred times in the United States because it's much bigger. So uh, some of those things are incredibly challenging. Yeah, it's really cool. It is, Sean. You know, the fundamental nature of these products makes them carbon intensive. I mean, that's yeah. the, the easiest way to say it, right, is it, it, we want these products to do what they're going to do, which we continue to want them to be what they are because they actually help other areas of sustainability, resilience concepts, uh, being able to build reuse and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. These products can be reused frequently if they're recycled correctly. But again, they, they come with some, some caveats, right? Great thing is, at least here in North America, two of the main industries, right? The concrete industry and the steel industry have really come a long way. They jumped on yeah. board when LEED, the Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, uh, building certification program, much like your BREEAM, came on board with an EPD criteria. These industries really jumped in. And in fact, over here, the National Association of Ready Mix Concrete Makers actually has software that, again, full disclosure, WAP is one of the two software providers for it, where we actually go plant by plant. And people, these plants sign up for an annual license to the software, and they're now able to produce EPDs batch by batch. So they're really able to see this lowering and steel in the US, North America really, but I'll speak specifically about the US, has done a great job moving to the electric arc furnace. So like you said, that move in energy supply is a, a good start. Obviously, a, a lot of the steel in the US is recycled to begin with, because we have a heck heck of a lot of it, and it makes financial sense, never mind the sustainability sense, but they've both done a lot to really start to decarbonize. Now, do they both still have far to go? Sure, but we all have far to go. So really impressed with those industries and what they're doing, and again, helping lead and show, hey, we've got a high impact, but we're doing something about it, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think my presentation is going to be a bit boring by comparison. <laughs> never, never, Sean, because there'll, so be, there'll be hardly yeah, any slides, be... there'll be no notes, it'll be spectacular. It's oh, be... no, there'll be no notes. No, I don't. As you know, I don't do notes. No, I'm basically going to be talking about the, the work of ISO2400.org that, that we all participate in. It's, uh, you know, as you know, there's a steering group of uh, a lot of former members of the ISO2400 committee and others have, have joined us. We've got sustainable procurement experts from all around the world. So really, I'm going to be spreading the, the word about the work that we do. I'll be talking a little about the standard and, and how it works and how it's beneficial. And then maybe some of the examples of best practice that we have in the UK. Uh, and I've got 10 minutes to talk about all of that on a panel. So I'll have to talk really fast. Um, but I, I've also been invited along to a um, an invitation only session looking at decarbonizing supply chains, which is going to be quite fun because it's the Sunday before the event on the Monday and I arrive on the Saturday. So I'm sure I'm going to be jet lagged to hell, but I'll 
I'll uh, I'll give it my best shot, as they say. I think for me, it's it's much more about the networking and listening and understanding what's going on over there. And certainly, you know, as we've discussed before, the principles of sustainable procurement are starting to be really well adopted. And, and as you say, because the government now is is kind of really pushing hard, the government procurement agencies are pushing hard on this and big corporations have been doing it for quite some time. The, the take up of the standard itself as a strategic framework for sustainable procurement, I still think it's a bit disappointing. I think it's been, yeah. you know, it's it's much better used in, in Europe and we're seeing a big take up in Australia and in India, various other places. And it, it would be really good uh, to try and get some American businesses on board. Yeah, no, it is. As you know, America, we kind of like to do our own thing, especially if a standard from somewhere else is telling us what to do. But the the, the concepts are there, most certainly. And the, the U.S. government was on our, our U.S. tag, our mirror committee here in the U.S. when we were part of it. The EPA was, uh, was a part of that. NIST, our National Institute of Science and Technology, was also part of that. So, I mean, they certainly are aware of it. It certainly has been brought up. At one point, I believe... The actual standard was listed in a pilot credit within LEED as well. But we are seeing just a massive amount of sustainability. And I'll tell you, Sean, the one that's moved it, you know, you've been involved even longer than I have going back to your your airport days and obviously helping uh, run the London Olympics sustainability side and things of that nature. I've been doing it about 16 years now. And the last three and a half years has really exploded. And to be honest, a lot of it, yes, procurement, but a lot of it has to do with Wall Street, right? And, and you know, the city of London, you know, the financial institutes of the world actually asking questions now, right, about sustainability and carbon and, and what they have to do. So, you know, a lot of people, I, I know when I was at COP in, in Glasgow, you know, people were kind of upset that the business industry was coming there to greenwash. I'm like, no, 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 we won. Like, this is good. We want these folks asking questions because all it's going to do is accelerate. Now, we still have to be wary of the greenwashing concept and people saying, hey, we're being green. And you and I could go on for hours, I'm sure, on the net zero by 20 blank uh, conversation that we've had before that I can't stand. But absolutely am thankful for all the different places that are now asking about sustainability and sustainable procurement and what are you doing about carbon and what's your plans. And it's just moving the needle uh, in an immense amount. Yeah, money talks, doesn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I think I, I've, as you know, I've been doing this for an awful long time and had a lot of debates with a lot of NGOs and people saying, oh, you know, the, the world needs a whole new world economy. We have to, you know, we have to do things in a different way. Well, the fact is the most most of the world is in a capitalist economic system, whether you like it or not. Uh, and, it, you know, we, we have to use the, the money as, as, as a really powerful lever and I, it is starting to happen now you're absolutely right um, and even though you know I mean I, I'm uh, as you well know I'm, I'm not shy about calling that greenwash on social media yes we're getting a lot of greenwash but it's kind of everybody's obliged feels obliged now to say something about sustainability yep. even if it's not quite right or it's not quite true at least they're saying something, something right so yeah. you know that that's that's a trend and of course we've got to keep everybody honest and and saying the right things but um it's so much in the conversation now i mean i was driving on the motorway the other day and there's this really great truck with you know delivering sustainable logistics and big letters on the side it's like what is sustainable about a really great diesel truck? It's not, it's just it's just a little word sustainable on the side of it now. Right. Uh, 
But hey, I suppose it's better than not having the words stating on the side of it. It's, it's, right, it's better than, you know, one car carrying one package at a time, Sean. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah uh, that's true. Yeah. No, but I, to your point, though, it's that people are understanding that sustainability is moving the financial needle. So they have to say something. Now, do we want, like you mentioned, do we want some, some guardrails around some of that? Of course we do, uh, yeah. because we don't want it to go. We don't want people to be burned by these concepts. And you know, I'm, I 20,400 helps people do that, right, in terms of actually putting some metrics behind what they're doing so they can kind of measure themselves internally and, and continue to benchmark themselves and kind of what the marketplace is doing. Although not certify, um, I'm sure you'll touch on that briefly in your talk. Um, because, yeah, because we've had some issues right over the years where we all agreed that it wasn't going to be a certification program. But yeah, no, so that people can really benchmark internally where they're going and and how to get better against it. I mean, that's the amazing thing. I think when we were together, we loved the fact that it kind of started out, you were one of the few truly procurement professionals at the table when we started out. And obviously you have a great background in, in sustainability as well, but there were a lot of us sustainability folks. And the more we, as we developed 20,400, the more procurement people we had, and we're like, well, sustainable procurement's just procurement, just happens yeah. to have this other stuff in it. You know, um, and I, that was a great thing about it when we developed it is the procurement people were like, oh, yeah, this is just another thing to measure. OK, good. Then yeah, it's easy. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just another business need to feed into the, the process. Yeah, it should, it should be simple. Should be, should be. We, I will say us sustainability folk don't always make it easy. We can come up with seven or eight acronyms in like an afternoon if we have to, oh, yeah. um, where no one understands anything. But we try, we try, we try. Okay, I guess we've we've talked about far more than we actually planned to, as usual. So, so that's great. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to catching up with you, Josh. We haven't met face to face for a long, long time, and it should be uh, should be an amazing conference. In the, it's in your backyard, isn't it? In it Atlanta, is, and it's in Atlanta. Yeah, so very excited to see you, sir. Thank you again for the conversation. Can't wait to see you guys in person, and uh, looking forward to it. Great stuff. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to our podcast on sense and sustainability. Please listen out for more episodes. For more information, learning resources, tools, and much more on sustainable procurement, go to www.iso2400.org.